Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast, or on 96FM.ie. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. The attack on all your senses from minute one. It was incredible. Don't just hand over this life. Educate yourself. I would welcome anything that would help to protect the children for a real The same speed we get from them. Very little respect. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with P. Jay Coogan on Cork's 96 FM. An old quote, I don't know who said it, um, some famous poet or author, or whatever. Rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. There's times in this business that you're delighted to be wrong. Uh, yesterday we were talking about the reopening of Matty Coyley's, the famous Matty Coyley's on Mailer Street and I mentioned that I wasn't sure whether Matty himself, the legend was still with us or not Uh, Matty is alive and well Uh, I thought that he departed us a few years ago but we were contacted and reassured that Matty Kiley the legend that is is still alive and well uh, living we think around the Ballinlock area last time we looked and our (laughs) Our good wishes to him. And we're told by the family that he is looking forward to sampling the chips in the new place. Oh, there's a test. Oh, there'll be a test now for the new Matty Kylie's if Matty himself comes in for a bag of the best. It was Mark Twain who said that. Thanks, Fergal. 0818 I want you to think about something during the morning. There's a film crew coming to Cork in March time for an American travel show. It's an American travel show of which you probably won't have heard because it runs on PBS, but it's big. It's big business. And I've been talking to the man behind it and he's coming to Cork to film two episodes of his series in March. And he's looking for unusual artists, performers, places, pubs, attractions, beaches, Stuff a little bit off the beaten track. I'll be talking to Michael Londra about that later on in the program. But if you can suggest anywhere that you might want to take an American film crew that are coming to Cork in March, 
take them and show them this magical place that nobody knows about. Like I'm thinking of one, like would someone take them down, for example, to Ballybranigan Beach and have a fella play a few ballads on the sand? That's the kind of crack that they're into. So if there's anywhere that you think an American film crew would love, uh, tell us about it. 83. 396 96 96. I want to turn our attention first. I will be talking to Don O'Leary shortly as well about the award that he'll be receiving this afternoon. But the Leaving Cert story continues to drag on. And we're told that a decision will be made soon about what format the 2022 Leaving Cert will take. And the students. Their secondary students' union voted a number of weeks ago in a massive survey that they want a hybrid leaving cert. They want a mixture of accredited grades and written exams. And we've had this discussed, we've discussed this with them over the last couple of weeks. Then, in the last day or two, it was suggested that school profiling may be needed to do a hybrid leaving cert. What is school profiling? I hear you ask. Well, school profiling is where they would base accredited grades on the school's historical exam results. So they'd go back a couple of years, they'd look at how the school does in general, and they'd base the accredited grades on that. Now, it's an oversimplification, but that's what it is. Profiling. League tables, in other words. Now, one of the first students that we talked to about this on the opinion line, about the hybrid and about the need for a hybrid was Stacy, and she's back with me. Stacy, what do you think of the idea of schools being profiled to help with the hybrid leaving cert? Good morning to you. Hiya PJ. Um, I suppose first of all I'd just like to say once again thanks so much for inviting me on to speak and offer a platform to voice our opinions. Um, I suppose to put it plainly, we're distraught across the board and this is me speaking from a student who goes to a desk school and lives in a disadvantaged area. Right. Now, in saying that, I understand that some of the schools in more well-off places are probably delighted with this new development. And do you know what? I can't blame them because this would benefit them massively. But on the flip side of it, this would plummet our results as a desk school. Um, and I know it probably, when you say that school profiling is just historically schools who would do better in exams versus schools who mightn't perform as well. Um, There's a bit more to it in the sense that schools who perform better are usually in more well-off and affluent parts of society, whereas schools who historically mightn't do that well in exams are tending to be desh schools and schools from disadvantaged areas. So once again, to reiterate, like we're distraught desh students. And... If I'm understanding this right, if we were doing calculated grades based on the school profile, it would be biased against the student who's doing well, because if the school doesn't score well in general, then the student mm-hmm. can't score well. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, it's biased to a T. What would happen is, do you know, I as I keep on reiterating, I go to a desk, desk school and, of course, you know, some people don't have the funds to go and get grinds and to go and support themselves outside of school. That might give them more chances to do well in the leaving, sir. So when you have a student in a place in a, in a disadvantaged area who maybe is exceptionally talented and exceptionally smart, 
this could completely drag their grades down just because of the fact that they go to a desh school, which is, you know, it's socioeconomic discrimination. Right, right. So the school would have an overall lower score and that lower score would be taken into account when calculating their grades. So even if they Mm -hmm. had brilliant individual grades, the school's lower score will pull them down. Yeah, that's exactly it. And look, I just want to reference Ireland. We seem to be a follower at times. We seem to follow maybe England might do something. We follow pursuit after England. And in 2020, when they went down this route of predicted grades, they actually used school, school, school profiling as a major factor. And they did in Scotland as well. And maybe this might jog some people's memory because this was just an absolute disaster. There were people who were just, their scores were plummeted radically on the basis that they were in a disadvantaged school in comparison to the private paying, the fee paying schools that did absolutely incredible, mm. more so than they might have done because of the fact that they were school profiled. Um, look, I don't want to be controversial coming on, but Desh schools were given and they were created on the basis that the government and Ireland as a society wanted to give students who might be from working class families a chance to further their education and to overcome their disadvantage. Mm-hmm. But like it seems like we're being punished for it. If they bring in school profiling, it simply seems like we are being punished for it because Desh schools are going to be the people that are left behind while middle class areas and people who attend schools in middle class areas and upper class, they're not going to be affected like we are. Mm-hmm. Now, I yeah. suppose what they would say, Stacey, and I'll discuss this more with Killian Murphy in a minute from the Second Level Students' Union, but what, what I think the mm-hmm. department is saying is that if we don't do this, we don't have figures to use because of so many people didn't do a junior cert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, um, that's another narrative that it's actually because of what the government said, they're kind of creating this narrative that it's either all or nothing. You either, do you know what? This is it, lads. You make happy and you make do with the school profiling or you don't get the choice and you have to do the judicial leaving, sir. And what this has done is it's actually pitting middle class families and students who are in middle class families and upper class families against the working class students. That account that I had been speaking to about earlier on when I came on a couple of weeks ago, I've had countless messages of people saying, well, if the school profiling benefits me, then why should I care if it's not benefiting the deaf students and the people in disadvantaged areas? Um, like, And look, this is once again just me and I'm coming, actually coming from a disadvantaged area. In my school, like there are some students that... If the school profiling goes ahead and they use this because they don't have any other more innovative ideas on how to perform standardisation, like their parents might not have gotten a college education, never mind even finished secondary school education because of the amount of recessions that were going on throughout the 80s. Like this could continue the cycle of students not being able to get the chance to further their education and to have a good life and a good family and to be able to provide for that family. Because as we all know nowadays, you cannot get anywhere without a college degree. Um, and not to keep on rambling, but at times when it comes to stuff like this, I just get so frustrated with the government because not only during the week, Fianna Gael, um, a t- TD for Fianna Gael were kind of speaking in the doll about, oh, look, um, we need to take care of young people's mental health. It's at an all-time high. This is a crisis. Yeah. Yet they tend and continue to delay 
the, like what they're going to do about the hybrid and it's causing absolute hysteria like all the desh students are absolutely distraught over this and mm. it makes me think it's easy to tell that a general election isn't anytime soon because there is going to be 60,000 eligible leaving sir students able to vote in the next leaving or in the next general yeah. election and at times I feel like it's just, it's all about populism. If they had known that a general election was around the corner, they would have been on the hybrid like that. Mm. So quick, sorted out, had it ready. Because not only do they have the force of the leaving surf body students to deal with, but they also have their families. I know myself, my mum, my dad, my sisters, my uncles and aunties are furious that the government continue to drag this whole scenario out. Yeah. Stacey, you're not rambling. You're brilliant. You're absolutely <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> PJ, thank you so much. <laughs> You're such a pleasure to listen to it. You make so much sense. It's 131 so days to the Leaving Cert. How mm -hmm. quickly? Yeah. I mean, the last time we talked, you said to me they need to make a decision yesterday. And it's 131 mm -hmm. days to go and still no decision. Do you know I I actually, unfortunately, I can't say I'm surprised. Um, this just, it seems to be when it's kind of Sinn Féin brought forward a motion and not to go into politics, but the government amending this motion, so with Sinn Féin's motion, we could have had instant clarity and we would have had the hybrid and that would have been that. But the government have delayed this further to allow for Norma to en engage with more conversation with stakeholders. But what it is, there's enough conversation, there's enough words, we need action. It's been almost three weeks of words. Words is not enough anymore. We are growing not only distraught, but we're growing frustrated. And I can say for a lot of students, this is absolutely wreaking havoc on their leaving their experience and process as if it hasn't been bad enough mm. that we've been disrupted for two years by COVID. To add on top of this, we have the government just, you know, dilly-dallying. Like, we need to make a decision and there needs to be enough talk about it and there just needs to be action, I think, is what the overwhelming majorities, regardless of whether you're pro-hybrid or pro-traditional leaving, sir, is calling for. Stacey, we'll talk again, girl. Take care of yourself and thanks for being with us once again on The Opinion Line. The kids are all right, you know, when they are, they've got that much sense in their heads. 0818 96 96 96 As I say, we'll talk to the secondary schools union, the students union, in just a sec. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie the Premier League Live, powered by Talk Sport. Join me, Trevor Welch, exclusively online at 96fm.ie. The weekend fixtures take a two-week break, so we're back Saturday, February 12th, with some cracking games. The relegation battle is on, and the fight for top four has just begun. The Premier League Live. With now, your sport on your terms. Stream only the games that matter to you most. With now. Listen every Saturday, exclusively online at 96fm.ie or download the Cork's 96FM app. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Now we spoke as well in the past, in the recent past, with the Irish Second Level Students Union when they were conducting their survey of students. Over 40,000 people took part in that survey, overwhelmingly looking for a hybrid 
type leaving cert. Now, Killian Murphy is the regional officer for the union in Cork City. Currently in fifth year, heading into the leaving cert in 2022-2023, Killian. So I suppose, in a way, you've got more time on your hands to to look into this issue. Uh, School profiling, yes or no? Good morning. Um, Well, does it happen or is it an issue that should definitely be resolved? Because if you're asking whether it's a big problem, I certainly think it is. I think that basing the grade that students can achieve on past results of their school to be ridiculous. You know, I think that that's, you know, there's no reason that a student should be restricted in how well they can do based on what students before them have done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what this would do. It would apply an average to everybody's grades. And if the average for the school is low, it'll pull them down. If the average for the school is grey, it could or is high, it could automatically lift them up, which which is unfair no matter what way it happens. So when the department then says, Killian, that if we're going to do hybrid because we're missing out so much data, we have to do it this way. Where do you go then? Well, I, I definitely think there is that issue looking at, you know, because a lot of school has been missed and perhaps that the amount of tests that would be needed to done to accurately, like, give us a depiction of how well a student is doing because, you know, certainly for us next year, we didn't do a junior search. And I definitely think that there is that problem that they wouldn't have enough data to say how well a student is doing. Now, certainly I think that they can go off the mocks. I know in my school they do pre-pre's and then they do the pre's. Mm. And they can go off class tests throughout fifth year and sixth year. So I think that I, I don't believe that there has to be that school profiling. I don't think that that's needed because, as Stacey said before me, I um, you know, it's it it just it's dis it's disadvantageous to people in perhaps low income areas or people that low income families that can't afford to go to like Bruce or to Hewitt, certainly in Cork grind schools where you know one in two students get over five hundred points. They don't have that ability because yeah. the, certainly the school that they went to doesn't have the culture and the history of getting good grades. Yeah, yeah. So, and there was a, the, the response from your survey and over 40 odd thousand people took part in it was that the demand is there for a hybrid. So I think what the union is saying, Killian, back to the department is you've got to do it without this profiling, but we need it done. That, that's exactly it. 68% of Leaving Cert students said that 68% of the people, the Leaving Cert students that answered the survey said that they want a hybrid Leaving Cert. And it was one in three Leaving Cert students answered that. So definitely the union, we are all in favour of uh, hybrid Leaving Cert. We are all believing in it. And I think that, I think it's ridiculous to say that, like, I mean, the Leaving Cert, the way it has been ran for years, I think that there's a big problem with it. I think that certainly the way it operates, it doesn't, like, you know, you could go into a test and just have a bad day and you wouldn't be able to, you know, it just might not go your way. And so by using predicted grades, you're getting a better understanding and a better look at how that student has performed over the years that they've been in school. With 131 days to go, Killian, as I said to Stacey, I mean, OK, it doesn't apply to you. It's not your year, which is good, I suppose. But with 131 days to go, how important is it that a decision comes soon? It's absolutely, it's vital that we get clarity soon, uh, PJ. It's very important that the students actually understand what, like, you know, they're just letting us, they're hanging the students out to dry as such. They're saying, 
you know, oh, we'll come to a decision soon. But, you know, the government says that and that's them kicking the can down the road saying we can look at that again in, you know, in a while. And then next thing you know, it's May and they're saying, well, yeah. we don't have a decision yet. Yeah, and that's horrendous for people. Killian, thanks. Killian Murphy, who's the regional officer for Cork in the Irish Second Level Students Union. 0818 96 96 96. When I think back to my own leaving cert day, days, and it's not, it's not yesterday, put it that way, I don't know where we, anything like as articulate or bright or sharp as these kids. I don't know if you're in your maybe 30s, 40s, but your 20s. Like, think back to when you were 17 and 18. Like, where did this, where did these bright people come from? We need to do a proper job by them this summer. Department of Education has a duty to do a proper job by them this summer. 0818 96 96 96 for your thoughts. New parking charges coming into effect on Tuesday, 1st February, in Paul Street and North Main Street car parks. It's going up. Uh, Paul Street's going up from 2.30 an hour to 2.70. And North Main Street from 1.70 to 2.30. Now, that's a bit of a steep hike at a time when they're trying to attract people back into the city to shop why on Stansfeld, your place, Pinocchio's, is... Paul Street is the car park that many of your customers would use. You were treating last night. This is not the way to attract people into town. Good morning. Good morning to you, PJ. Yeah, I, I frankly I can't believe that they're doing this right now. I mean, I accept that there is inflation everywhere and that things are going up. I mean, we find things are going up continuously. But, you know, we've just had two years of incredibly difficult trading... Yes, we, we've done okay. We've we've survived it. But, I mean, many haven't. And this is just some sort of... I, I, I frankly just can't quite believe that they're doing it. And I can't believe the amount either, because that's a hell of an inflation. You know, our prices are going up by kind of 5%, 6%. Um, that's a hell of a lot more than that. Well, you know, um yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I mean, and, and they don't have control over the other car parks. These are the only two car parks that, that the city have control of. So, you know, I would expect them to do at least their best for us. Yeah. You know, we're paying the rates. We're paying, you know, we're the ones who are looking after the city. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it, if you like, it is down the price should be going. And that sounds like a populist thing to say, but it's down the price should be going to attract people into town. Yes, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, no, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not anti the future being less cars, etc. I mean, I totally agree with that. But without the infrastructure to 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 do that, you know, people like my parents, um, who are 92 and 86, are they're not getting the bus. You know, for one thing, they live in Glanmire, and there isn't really a bus that would actually be safe for them to get to anyway. You know, many of our customers don't come from the city; they come from outside the city. Um, so there still has to be, into the future, there has to be relatively easy access for, for cars, whether it's through park and rides or whatever. But at the moment, parking in the city centre is the biggest single thing that people moan about. 
mm. is the cost of parking. And I, like I said, I know that city council have they can do nothing about the charges in queue parks or whatever. They're private businesses; yeah. they can charge what they like. Yeah. And, but their own car parks, they can look after and try and keep their own car parks full and advertise the fact that they're the cheapest car parks and go to Ball Street, go to. Um, North Main Street. Yeah. When this story um, was shared, I, I just on the, don't get it. This story was shared on the ninety-six of M Facebook page yesterday. <clears throat> why on? And the point people were making was that's grand. It's just gonna. We're just gonna shop in Bishopstown. We're just gonna shop in Douglas. We're just gonna yeah. shop in Blackpool. It's going to push people out of the city into the big shopping centres and away it from is. shops like yours. Yeah, it's doing the very reverse of 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 what is currently necessary. When I mean, the city centre is just about it's hanging in there it's there's there's movement in bits of it um it 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 is i i personally think it is improving very very slightly but there's still a massive amount of empty shops you know it still needs a lot of effort people people are i mean the last two years has proved one thing people have realized you must support if you don't support it disappears well making it harder for them to support is not the answer Mm. Now, look, the, you know, the, the council aren't here to, to have their say, but I guess if they were, their argument would be, look, revenues are tight and we have very few ways to raise revenue. And one of the ways we raise revenue is through parking. We need the money. Oh, I mean, this is a thing. I mean, I don't doubt that there is there is a need to increase charges and I don't doubt they are certainly, and given also given the last two years, that they have had continuous expenses. I mean, you know, there were many. Most of us, we were given grants back. Now I pre- they were state grants, but but we were reversed our, our rates back. So, you know, so there's no denying that they're 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 in a position. But I mean, getting less people into the city centre, less people shopping in shops, more shops going, harder for the restaurants to make money. You know. The amount of coffee shops that that do business around lunchtime, etc., and people thinking, well, there's not really much point in going meeting my friends in town. I'll go and meet them in in Douglas or in the local coffee shop in wherever Mallow. You know, that's not that's not the answer. <laughs> you know, that's 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 a that's it's a short term gain. I mean, I I would imagine what will happen is is the number of cars in the car park will drop, yeah, and their revenue will probably stay static if if at all. Yeah, all right. You know, and I mean, it's still the cheapest car park. So yeah, it is. You know, but yeah, it's car going, parks are going up. I mean, and I guess people would say, "Listen, lads, you know, stop complaining. Try parking in Dublin." But you guess what? This is Cork. But that's not. Yeah, this is Cork. We're not Dublin. We're not London. You know, we're Cork. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a catchment area of half a million, and a city that has one hundred and thirty-six thousand. So the majority of the customers supporting the city are actually uh, come from outside the city or at least a huge hunk of them do. Yeah. You know, we need everybody, not just, not just the few. And a lot of people in the city don't go into the city centre, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean I, the I, thing you have to remember. I constantly make, I suppose, <clears throat> and some people say they're unfair comparisons with, with the likes of Spain, but if you take the city of Palma, which is one of the busiest cities in all of Spain, uh, in the middle of summer, the height of tourist season... To park in an underground air-conditioned car park for an entire day is four fifty. Entire day. Yeah. yeah, and this is the thing, and it's because they realise that the bulk of the people, despite having a fairly good 
um, public transport infrastructure, the bulk of people still need to move around the island on car because the time the time constraints, if, well, particularly if you're a tourist, of using a bus to do your only travelling, it takes a long time. Yeah, and it's the same in Cork. I mean, if you live in Blarney, you're not you're not coming in by bus. Yeah, yeah, you know. All right, and then, <clears throat> and then you like if you're coming in by bus, you're not. You're not going to buy much because you can only take a few no. bags on the bus. Like you're not going to do your you're not going to do your big shop, and and maybe probably no. cross to a shop like yours to see what you get for the youngster's birthday. You're not going to do that big shop and go home on the bus. No, no, no. I mean, and this is the thing, and I I think people have to remember this when they're when they're saying you know look at less cars on the road, less cars on the road. It's still we still live in a society where where cars. I mean, in time, yes, there's no denying it will, we will, cars will probably decrease. But, but again, without the infrastructure, that is never going to happen. Yeah. You know, and, and you still have to respect the likes of my parents. They are not walking down the hill from their house no. to get a bus. No. You know, it, it won't be happening. Even if, even if there was 10 buses an hour, <clears throat> they're not. Even if there was 10 buses an hour, they're not going to do it. You know, um, so you have to you have to look after all age groups. It's fine to say that the younger ones can hop on a bicycle or buy a cargo bike, but that's I mean, I mean, even for me, I mean, I'm nearly sixty. I'm not, I'm not going to be buying a cargo bike. <laughs> you know, I know. What, it's not happening. Wayan, we'll talk again. Thank you very much. That's Wayan Stansfield from Pinocchio's Toy Shop, right there in the shadow of Paul Street Shopping Centre, where from the first of February. It will cost two seventy per hour to park, up from two thirty, and North Main Street is going from one seventy to two thirty per hour. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Just purely between ourselves, as it were, w- would that put you off going to town? Would it put you off going to town? I wonder that the parking is gone so dear in the city centre car parks. And we know the queue parks and all, they're very expensive. They're private businesses. They can charge whatever they want. But these are council park car parks. And they're going up. Would it put you off going into town? That's the question. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie the two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. Answer 10 questions to claim all that cash. Stacking up the cash. 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 The two grand minute. On Casey and Ross in the morning. Cork's 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. Speaking earlier this week with Patrick Murphy of the Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation about the Russian war games that are going to start in waters off our coast next week. And Patrick was explaining to me how at this particular time of the year, that particular stretch of water is of key importance to the fishermen of West Cork because they would go in there for fishing and they have to go in at that time. They've got to go into that stretch of water for their fish to catch as much as they can while they've got the quota to do it. And Patrick was saying this, look, we, we have to go to work 
and we're going to go to work. And if anyone wants us to leave the area, well, we're not leaving the area because we're working. And there was a bit of a standoff developing. And then I think, Patrick, you got invited to a meeting yesterday with the ambassador, Mr. Filatov, and you went to see him at the embassy in Dublin. And is everybody happy in their nappies now? Good morning. I know about in their nappies, but we're, we are a bit happier than before we went in there. And good morning to you, PJ. And good morning to the listeners. And I seem to be very popular all of a sudden. So um, it's, 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 I don't know, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's, but, it, yes, you know, it's, um, it's great because we know how hard you guys work. And it's every, every so often it's important to highlight that. Oh, absolutely. Look, we held up a picture of one of our boats going through the gales and the water breaking over it like, and that's that's normal. You know, this is what the lads face. So, you know, ships firing ordnance and stuff like that would be a little bit extreme and more dangerous. But at the same time, we're used to facing danger. We're made of sterner stuff, us fishermen, you know. All we want to do is fish. Would you believe it? If you were allowed to We'd be all happy and unhappy, that's for sure. <laughs> so so when you met Ambassador Filatov yesterday, how did that go? Well, look, for me, it it was it's kind of a surreal experience because myself and Brendan Byrne from the Fish Processors uh, Association, um, an exporters association, was um, we were welcomed in there. We got our tea and our biscuits and we sat down and he seemed very knowledgeable of about the Irish fishing industry, you know, and, and which surprised me because, to be honest with you, there's a lot of our own politicians could take a leaf out of his book to understand the importance of our fishing and our fishing heritage around the shore. We are an island nation, 10 times our land mass and water, massive resource, and we just throw it away. But yes, so coming back to the point of the exercises. So look, we got information, uh, PJ, that rattled us, right? And that's why our members wanted us to speak out because we were getting it from nowhere else. We found it from a Russian website. We've seen this on social media. Would you believe it? Not one politician or department official have contacted us or have one word with us since this started to this present time. Isn't that amazing? That's not amazing. That's awful. That's awful. Well, this... <laughs> no, seriously. We let the listeners so, ring so, up and so express, no, express nobody their disdain from, for that one. Nobody from the not Department one. of the Marine... Nobody from the minister's no. office. Our name is so the Marine Survey Office. You see, what we did have was interference. What we got was uh, a notice that absolutely floored us from a Green MEP um, and leader of the Green Party, or not an MEP, I must correct myself, no, on the air, I'll be hanged for this one. A Green leader, Eamon Ryan, through his department, the Marine Survey Office, warn boats about the dangers outside there without actually discussing with us before this whether it was wise to release this. N- not a word. But the implications of it was we were scrambling to get our boats to contact their insurance companies to know, will they be covered now when they go out there? So it completely undermined the entire Irish fishing fleet going into this area. Way worse than the Russians. And this same man is looking for 30% of all our waters to be driven into a, a marine protected area so I think he'd need to sit down have a look in the mirror and decide which way he wants to go because Minister Noonan I think uh, supported what we were doing so Thank you know Noonan. they need to get around the table a little more often and have a cup of tea like we did with the ambassador and have a chat between themselves and what was the outcome of that meeting with the ambassador so we told them our concerns we showed them on the maps where our lads were operating showed them where we believed and we were told where they were operating and we said look can we come to an understanding between ourselves will you carry back our concerns to 
Moscow and uh, see if they can take on board our concerns. He certainly did. And that's all we could achieve with the ambassador. So we're on, it's part of a process where the ambassador, the eyes, ears and voice and the representative of the Russian nation in our country sat down with two fishery representatives, had a very good meeting with them and is going to take our concerns back. He didn't have to. No other politician has gone in and, and, and done this. And why? Why couldn't a politician go in and have the same conversation come out and that we wouldn't have to do that, that we wouldn't have to be the ones to try and protect our fishermen? Fishing traditionally in their own grounds with marine law on their side. So, so to explain way, this, right? What he, what he has done, I think, from I was, I was listening to yourself and, and your colleague yesterday on another programme. He has yeah. now said, OK, look, I'll go back to Moscow I'll get back on yep. to them and say, could we ask the lads to to do their tests a few miles away? Well, I won't put it in that specific detail, right. but I can guarantee you what he is going to do and go back and ask, we'll make sure our lads are safe. Right. That's it. And I, and I, I, and I respect that much the, of this was confidential. I, I, you were making that yeah, point. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. It has to be because I don't know what Moscow's going to say to them, but if they feel like we're demanding or telling them what to do, I in my wouldn't do it either. So we told everybody we wouldn't accept being told to get off the fishing grounds. So we have to give the same respect back to the uh, ambassador to allow him to go back to his superiors and talk to them and put our points across. But the, the tone of the conversation, the friendliness of the conversation should be expanded to other areas and we don't want war. I don't know, is there any listener that's listening to this programme wants to see one man, woman or child killed in the Ukraine or any Russian for that matter? So why inflame it? Why try and and, and, and big this up? We've done what we should have done. We went and talked to these people. We got a fantastic response, PJ. Genuinely, really good, like better than I got from the department, I'll tell you that, on many occasions. And here we have, we're facing down, right, where there's going to be 60 boats are going to be annihilated out of the Irish fleet, not by Russians, but by money from the European Union, paid by the Irish government and underpaid. So we've said this in the Irish South and West, we put up the figures. We're being offered 12,000, but it can't be given 12,000 because at the figures the department are giving out, it would be 96 million. They have a budget of 63. So we've already been sold out by our own people. If this comes to pass, that's the story that we should be concentrating yeah. on. Whether we want to have Irish vessels coming in and out of our port landing fish, or do we want to see a future where we're buying it off Pierre, Jose or Hans or somebody from the Netherlands? Because this is where we're heading like. Buying we back, won't, be, we won't be, have to meet the Russians. We'd be buying back we'd our be, own fish, Patrick, is what you're saying. We'd absolutely. Be and this is happening. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's when, the threat to the Irish people. When are you likely to hear back from Ambassador Filatov? Well, we heard back last night at 10 o'clock when the, one of the papers put in a misquote of what we were saying and they said they were giving guarantees. He can't give guarantees. He's not in charge of Russia. He has to go back to Moscow, give his viewpoint to Moscow, which he's already assured me he has done already, by the way, and that they will take that on board and we'll see the outcome of that. But he assured me this, and you have to take the man at his word because it makes sense. Not one Russian sailor has any intent whatsoever to harm a hair on the head of any fisherman outside net water. 
no intent whatsoever. And they're going to do their utmost to make sure that the risks are minimized completely for anything happening, even by an accident. So what more can we uh, look for from the ambassador? Isn't that perfect language to get? Diplomacy at work, if ever it was. Patrick, thank you very much. Patrick Murphy uh, from the Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation. And and the starkest point of that entire conversation I've just had with Patrick is they got a better reception, a more knowledgeable reception, a more understanding reception from the Russians than they did from their own. It speaks volumes, really. Receiving a Civic Award at uh, 2 o'clock today, earlier than scheduled, normally they're given out in May, but Don O'Leary of the Life Centre joins me. Don, good morning, my friend. First of all and foremost, people are going to want me to ask you, how are you keeping? I'm fine. You know, I am really good. I... Walking away in work every day, you know, enjoying what I'm doing. Um, yeah, and, you know, I, I, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I'm not in any great pain or anything. I'm not in any pain. And I'm loving, as always, what I do in the Life Centre, you know. Working with the young people gives me strength and energy and the staff. So, yeah, keep it really well. Yeah, and you said to me there, or you said at Christmas time to myself and to Donald and the Echo, he'll be dragged out of it kicking and screaming eventually. It, it's it's two o'clock today that the, this Civic Award will be presented. How how did you feel when you heard the Lord Mayor saying you were getting this? Um, I suppose there's a couple of emotions, right? I mean, number one, I'm a very proud Corkman. Um, I have huge respect and, and, and for the traditions of the Lord Mayor of Cork, you know. Um, you take a match with me in uh, and all they've done, and so I'm, I'm hugely respectful for for an award like this coming from what I believe is the, is, is from the best city in, in the world, not my Ireland. Um, but I suppose as well as that, you know, I, I'm kind of always awkward around uh, personal awards because I don't care who you are, you cannot, and you definitely cannot do this in the life centre on your own. Uh, and I look, I, I, I've been. Yeah, I'm probably, someone said to me, you're, you're leading it. I am, but I think the acknowledgement to the, the staff, the volunteers who've been with me 10, 11 years, um, my family, uh, the kids above, the family above, and all those on the outside who have kind of supported us. I mean, even yourself included there, Peter, and the station, you know, um, our campaign of trying to how sustainable funding for the Life Centre going forward for me is is huge. And today, I suppose, you know, if it's me, it is again raising the profile of the Life Centre. Um, I think that's important, you know, because um, we still haven't reached the end of the Department of Education. I think I said somewhere last night that uh, it was something I spoke to the Department of Education. I think Genghis Khan would be delighted to have his, uh, his education department back if we could find him. Because that's how far back in history they are, you know. I, I, it, it sometimes amazes me. But look, we'll keep fighting. Today's a celebration of the Life Centre and all it does. Um, and, and I'm going to enjoy it, you know. I, I'm kind of certainly going to enjoy every every minute. Um, and I am. And, you know, I, 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 you can't control, look, I can't control cancer. But I can't control where I want to be, who I want to be with, and what I want to do. Yeah. And, you know, someone asked me again, if I had a wish for people, what would it be? My wish for everybody would be that one day of the 16 years of days I've had in the Cork Centre. Um, 
that's what gets me up every morning. That's what gets all of us up in the morning. The, in, in the staff is to go and see these kids. They're absolutely amazing. Yeah. And it's very easy then to come forward and to collect the awards like I'm collecting there. But it is it is a very proud moment as well, I suppose, for my family, uh, mm. the extended family, the staff and the kids. And I mean, they're all going to be there today. And the families, you know. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm... I, I have imposter syndrome sometimes when, when, when I hear people saying things about uh, me being, you know, having brought education forward a small bit. I know it's a brilliant thing to be able to do if that's true, um, but I couldn't do it on my own. And I have to acknowledge my staff, my kids, my family, and all those on the outside that support us. Yeah. Yeah, were you there since 2006 when you had what? How many had you? Uh, six students. Six students. students yeah. We only went to junior cert. Um, we have 12 students doing leaving cert this year. Wow. If the, ever, if, if the department ever say, decides to tell us how it's going to be run. Can, can I ask and you, Don, on that one? We were talking earlier on about the profiling of schools and they say that they might have to take that into account for a hybrid leaving cert. Your thoughts in one minute, if that's possible for you. I can I, I suppose here is we're three, three exams into uh, this pandemic. The, the Department of Education had no plan in place the first year. They had no plan in place the second year, and they now have no plan in, third, in, in the third year. And, and it's actually amazing, because they took away the junior cert in the first year, they did. Nothing was done on junior cert. And they were using the jun, junior cert to give them some some background to the leaving cert results. It, it's, a, it's, it's a mess of the department's making. Uh, and I, I think they need to sort it out, because it's very unfair to kids. You know, if we think about it, the kids this year, the first kids that are at, it's their first day of examination. There's always anxiety around the leaving cert. But now you have kids who've never sat a state exam before, and the anxiety is, is, is the way they all said it would be. It's going, to, it's going to heighten. Why are you doing that to children? Because they are children. And, you know, we look at the points and we look at all this weird league tables again. <laughs> How can you decide what a young person's future is by a league table? Get a grip like. I mean, it's, it's, and do you know what? I, I'll just say this. I mean, if they went back and looked at the profile of us, we have never had a, kid, a child in all the years that the Leaving Cert is going who, who didn't, who, who, who failed as they would see it because they didn't have the fight. Never. So the, the pro- profiling might, might won't dis- shouldn't disadvantage us, but, but, but it's a terrible way to do this. Why are you, why are you profiling? You know, I mean, kids don't have the technology um, in the years. It ain't their fault. Yeah. You know, we as a society create, uh, create disadvantaged areas. We also create vulnerable people. People aren't vulnerable. We create that. Yeah. And now we're saying to them, oh, we're afraid you're going to get too many points here uh, and you might hurt the league table schools. Yeah. So we're going to do this. All right, Don, I'll leave it there. Thank you very much, as always. Caller says, Don has saved so many lives in the 16 years he's been there, including my daughter. He helped her through a very difficult time. Well, I congratulate him. He's such a humble man. He's all of that, as Owen English wrote in The Examiner, and I thought it was the word that quite describes him. Visionary. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast or on 96FM.ie The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? 
Don's determination is just awesome and he's going nowhere fast. He said to me uh, around Christmas time, he said, um, he'll be dragged out of that life centre kicking and screaming and they'll have to tie him down and tell him, Don, you can't go to work anymore. But he's going to be there every day that he can be for as long as he can be doing the incredible work that he does. Don is doing work in that school, says this call, that many others would never do. But there are hundreds of people like him out there. All the volunteers running so many different charities, making life more easy and more comfortable. Wouldn't it be great to have a national day to honour these people? You're not wrong. Mag says, great interview with Don, the Life Centre, just now. Congratulations to him on his award, so very well deserved. My mother always says, the good ones are taken. Don is a good one. He go nowhere just yet now. He's go nowhere just yet. Uh, well done to Don. Uh, Don is a friend as well as uh, someone we talked to on the show, and, uh, and 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 well done. So proud of, so proud to know him, and consider him a friend uh, over the last number of years. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six. 96. A lot of you not impressed at all with the parking going up in Paul Street and North Main Street. Tiered charges, PJ. Surely, like the UK, Saturdays and Sundays are free and reduced after six. The council car parks should be able to do this, says Paul in Castle Donovan. Well, there is an evening rate, I think, in Paul Street, something like a fiver from seven until midnight to allow people go to the centre or the city centre for a boy to eat or go to the opera house or something like that and that's good but daytime is just ridiculously expensive yes it would put me off going into the city uh, the prices as it is put me off says Peter in Ballincollig I, I used to get the bus into town says this call but I'm vulnerable so no way am I getting into you know, a bus in now since Covid I drove into town yesterday, couldn't get a parking space. I just drove straight back out again. But I have no intention of catching a bus. Even at the height of the pandemic, there were people on buses flagrantly disregarding the public health until I'm happy that I'm not in danger. That's the way it is. Kate says if they don't encourage people into the city, the shops are going to close and they won't have revenue coming from them. So they're shooting themselves in the foot and public transport isn't good enough for this either. What I don't get with multi-storey parking is they have disabled parking spaces that are supposed to be free for blue badge holders, but if you park in one in a multi-storey, you still have to pay. This needs to be changed for the people who need those spaces. 0818 96 96 96. Imagine stumbling upon a business because you'd had to quit your job through sickness and then you stumble on something and you think that might be a good idea and it becomes a whole new business a whole new lease of life for you and for your son and that's what happened to Isabella the founder of Funky Cakes by Architect Hi Isabella Hi PJ, how are you? Great all together It's going so well for you from tiny, tiny beginnings but you'd never done yes. this before. You just 
How did you... Never. You, you, you were an architect. Yes, I was an architect and that was my actually profession for, for many, many years. And I was doing very good as an architect. And fortunately, life sometimes it takes different turns. And um, my illness forced me to leave my job, um, very stressful job. And then I had to take time to myself. So um, that's what really happened. So, and I found myself in a situation where um, I was two years, almost two years on a sick leave. And um, this, this situation started being very difficult for me and for my son, I'm a single mother. And, you know, like, it's not even only about the financial situation that I got really bad, uh, but also I think mentally when you don't have anything to do uh, with yourself and the day starting to be, you know, very long and, um, you know, it's very difficult to find that kind of sure. even idea or the courage to do something like you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, yeah. you know, like when you find yourself in the situation when everything is just falling apart in your life. Yeah, yeah. And it, it kind of came to a head, didn't it, when your son, uh, Luca, had a birthday coming yeah. up and, and yes. you hadn't the money yeah. to buy him a cake. No, I did not have the money and I knew I'm not going to have the money anytime soon. Um, so there was either of me trying to learn how to do it myself or he wouldn't have a cake, you know. Mm. So um, there was a kind of a challenge that it actually turned into a business that I'm running now in, in Glenmire, which I never, ever expected that it's going to happen this and, way. And did you bake what anyway? Happened, sorry. Did you bake anyway? Like, did you, are you someone who bakes? I only started baking when I got, you know, when I had my child, you know, we started doing the cookies and little things, you know, uh, but I never really kind of was a baker before at all. So I learned everything from scratch. Yeah. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube, yes, absolutely great source of free tutorials and everything you can find, basically. So yeah. um, and that's how it started. I actually uh, made his first cake. Um, and I, I didn't even know anything about the sugar craft before. Yeah. And I didn't know anything that something like this existed. So I kind of got hooked onto it. And what it allowed me to keep my mind busy. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, I didn't think about how the situation got bad. You know, I didn't think about the guilt that I put myself in the situation because you feel guilty. You feel kind of that you failed, you know. Yeah. And, being in that situation or being depressed, even though it has nothing to do with, you know, with yourself. It's just yeah. the, the illness that, you know, you can't control. Yeah. So, but it was very difficult. So this kind of kept me going. Like I started really enjoying it because I'm a very creative person. So finally finding the creativity in my life allowed me to push forward. So yeah. it really kind of started from being as a hobby and then starting doing cakes for friends and then more customers start coming in uh, kind of, you know, friends over friends. And, and that's how it started. So basically, I was almost like forced to do something yeah. with this and move forward. And then how I opened my own business, you know, first at home. Yeah. Um, I got all the register with HAC, of course, and um, all the insurances and everything. And I started doing it at home. But over time, it became so big that I couldn't do it at home anymore. And I couldn't do it on my own. So I had to kind of expand, and that's how I expanded last year. Yeah. So you've got your own, your own place, and you've staff now. 
Yeah, I got my own place and I have staff um, that I employ um, and we have a great, we create a very good um, working team and they're more like my family and friends. So we have a very great um, people, you know, around. So it's great and great support from all Glanmeyer and businesses and people living here. So it's a a fantastic turnaround, isn't it, Isabella, from where you were after you had to pack in your job through illness and then you no money and you were wondering what the heck is going to happen and then your little boy's got a birthday, you can't afford a cake and you say, well, I'll try this and here you are now. It's so Yeah, I think I was never a kind, yeah, I think I was never a quitter. You know, I said either one way or another I have to fight, you know, either for myself or for for my son to... Yeah. to make a living instead of just giving up and just staying at home and do absolutely nothing. There was not a question about it, but it was a hard time. At times it was difficult, you know? Yeah. And, and even I'm sure, now, I'm like, sure the hours know, are long. Right. I mean, these things take mm-hmm. time to do. Cakes are take, uh, doing a, a decorating a cake takes time. Oh, huge amount of time. Sometimes I work 16 hours a day just to be able to fulfill all the orders, you know? So it's not as easy, you know? As it sounds, it takes still a lot of time, um, you know, you put into it. So it's almost like, you know, I'm always laughing when people saying like, I didn't want nine to five job, but now I'm working 24 seven, basically when you're <laughs> but, running your own business. Yeah, but, but you're happy and you love what you do. And there's huge demand for cakes, huge demand. Oh, it is. Yeah, especially for cakes that we do. We do absolutely different cakes than everyone else. So I think when you find the, the, something that no one else is doing or you know something that it's completely different because it's not even about the cake we're creating memories we're creating the special moments for people and the, they don't remember most of the time how the cake tasted you know they remember how it looked that's right, um, that's right. Yeah. you know there's a saying though you know Isabella it's never a wrong time for cake there's always time for exactly. cake ain't that true though it is true, yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Listen, I wish you well with it. It's Funky Cakes Thank you so much. by Architect and Isabella. Congratulations on the success. Uh, where can we, Thank is you. there somewhere we can go to look at your work? Yeah, absolutely. We have our studio open here in Glanmire. You can walk in, but you can also find it on, on Facebook and Instagram under Funky Cakes by Architect, and you can have a look at our work. We actually, from today, we open a little shop walk in a kind of like a pop-up thing for Fridays and Saturdays when actually people can buy individual cakes or cupcakes or other treats for the weekend because there was a huge demand for something like that in, in and where, the where's area. That, where's that yeah. little shop? It's actually in Glanmire in Crestfield Centre in Glanmire. Fantastic. Listen, I wish you the best luck with it. Uh, Isabella, Funky Cakes by Architect and down at the Crestfield Shopping Centre little pop-up shop today. It's just great to see people who, you know, you have a setback in your life, like an illness and having to give up your job and running short of cash and all this. And now, I think it goes to show that not only is cake good for you, but that there's always something you can do. There's always something you can try. 0818 96 96 96. Tom says, just when business is getting back in the city centre, they do this. What planet is they on? People won't bother going in now. Are they trying to recover the cost of the free parking they gave us during the restrictions? Do you know, Tom, you might very well think that. I couldn't possibly comment. 
Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. They can call me. Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. The Weekend. On Cork's 96FM. Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity goss. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors Volkswagen. Where you can test drive the full Volkswagen range. Including the all-electric ID3 and ID4. See newmarketvolkswagen.ie. On Cork's 96FM. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96FM. Do you ever wonder about your age? Do you ever wonder how many years you've left and can you make those years longer? Or why is it that some people pass away very young and others live long and long and healthy lives. And there's a science to it. Of course there is. There's a science to everything. And Professor Rose Ann Kenny has uh, published a new book called Age Proof, the new science of living a longer and healthier life. And she joins me to talk about it. Professor Kenny, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good to speak with you. We, we all know the... The, the nun, for example, who lived to be 104 and is still, when she's let, able to go to the shop. And yet some of us struggle in our 40s. How, how does this work? Where's the science here? So I, I think many people assume that the aging process is all down to your genes. In other words, you know, my mother and father lived to their 90s. Therefore, I don't need to be worried about it. I will, too or mine died young and there's nothing I can do about it. But the converse is the case. Only 20, at the most 30% of the aging process has anything to do with our, has anything to do with our genes. Um, the, the, the rest of it is about our behaviors, what we call environmental factors. The nun is a great example because some of the studies that we've explored to understand this were in nuns. There's a famous nun study in uh, the Sisters of Notre Dame in the USA where almost 700 nuns were followed through to post-mortem, through to death. And and they, it was a perfect experiment, if you like, because they had, since their 20s, when they were in the candidate years and then, then became fully fledged nuns, they'd been in the same environment. They had, none of them were married. They'd had no children. They had the same diets. They had the same medical care. 
etc., etc., a shared environment. So pretty much a perfect human experiment. And within those, within those nuns, we were able to better understand what were the factors that influenced ageing apart from genes. And we know that attitude was a big factor mm. in in having a longer life. It added about positive attitude, added about a decade to life. And the nuns with a very positive attitude were much less likely to get dementia. Wow. Wow. So it, it, there's, a, there's a secret to why nuns live into a ripe old age, so many of them. It's their lifestyle. So taking that observation and applying it to the rest of us, we can influence so take, how long we do, how long we live. Yeah. Well, well, it's, it's, it's very difficult to exactly predict, but we can look at the factors which we know make a difference. And I'd like to say that the earlier you start, the better. I was talking to a couple of 20-year-olds this morning and reinforcing that. But, but actually, at any stage in life, it makes a difference because our cells are, are replicating and reproducing all of the time. And, and it's not all about diet and exercise. Diet and exercise are hugely important, but they're not the be-all and end-all. There are fun things associated with, um, with being able to manipulate longevity, like, like laughter. Having a good laugh a few times a day makes a huge difference to our stress levels and to slowing down the biology of of aging, good friendship, spending quality time with quality friends, again, is very important. And some of the longest lived communities share both community and laughter engagement at frequent intervals and, um, and, and laughter, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the, 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 some, it's, uh, engagement with spirituality and religion also is associated with maybe an extra seven years of life. And qu- quality family life um, is also a, a beneficial factor. Do the things that you love and do them often. Do the things you enjoy and do them often, but also apply variety and ensure you have a purpose to each day um, and you might some people might listening to this if, if they're retired might think oh where's my purpose but there is a purpose uh, with each day we can we can make purpose simply by actually just you know making a list of things in the morning okay today I'm going to do boom 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 and introducing variety into what you're doing yeah, myself and a group of friends have, and we've been friends for thirty years or more. We we have a saying. We say getting older is mandatory. Growing up is a choice. Choose well. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 very true. Um, yeah, yeah, but but you know, people who've got a youthful disposition and a youthful outlook. We we all know people who are older. Mm-hmm. in their 70s and 80s and even 90s, but they have a youthful outlook yes. and a positive attitude. That actually takes you a very long way. Um, get, getting older is mandatory because the only alternative is death. So we will all get older. So this is we have a vested interest in understanding why we get older, the mm-hmm. biology of aging, and then in, in understanding that, knowing the factors which we which can modify and influence that. I think it's important to understand how, you know, it, it's not enough to say to someone, oh, you know, a plant-based diet 
it seems to be what's shared, in other words, a Mediterranean-type diet amongst all the long-lived communities. Because uh, unless you say, and the reason is it modifies this at a cellular level, etc. So so I, I do try and explain in simple, really understandable terms the biology behind what's being said and, and, and base it all on scientific facts, mm. of course. Nothing conjectural. There's a thing called a blue zone, uh, Professor, where people seem to live longer, longer in, in certain parts of the world. Have you researched that? So, so the blue zones were first um, described by a, chap, a French gerontologist called Michel Poulain in 1964. And he did identify and verify that these zones um, had much higher proportions of people who lived long into their um, 90s and much higher proportions of centenarians and, and even older than centenarians. And the, 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 so he, there were, the reason it's called Blue Zones is a bit of fun, actually, because as they were discovering this demographic um, observation, they circled the zones in the world where they noted these high proportions of centenarians, and they circled them with a blue marker, and that's why they're called the blue zones. And, and they're in Loma Linda in California, um, Costa Rica, Sardinia, a Canaria off the coast of uh, Japan, mm. and uh, an island um, of, uh, in the archipelago uh, on the, off the coast of Greece called Icaria. Well, now, so Okinawa, Icaria, Sardinia, etc. And, and people the, do live much longer yeah. here. Well, now, there, look at Sardinia uh, and look at, the, you know, parts of California, they're along the coast. Like You're talking about some of the most beautiful places in the world, which would seem to yeah. me, that if you live in a beautiful place by the sea, for example, yeah. it is good for you in terms of keeping, yeah. you, keeping you youthful for longer. Yeah. So we've looked at this in Tilda in Ireland and living by the sea with, with actually having visual um, access to the sea so that you can see the yes, sea. Yes. That adds significantly to, to um, life years, but also is much better for mood. So people who live by the sea and have access to the sea are much le- are less likely to be anxious and depressed. And it's a really good observation on your part because all of those five zones, although they're, you know, in some, in some cases, continents apart, they shared characteristics. And one of the characteristics was they were all by the sea. Another one was they were on elevations. Right. And, and then other, other characteristics were, you know, having a purpose in life all had re- stress reduction rituals during the day, something they did. The Sardinians met with friends and had a couple of glasses of wine, small glasses, I might add. Um, Icarians slept. Nicoians Nic- also had a communal de-stressing activity. Loma Linda is Adventists' uh, community in California, and they prayed in the afternoon. And the Okinawans have a green tea ritual with friends in the afternoon. So most of the activities are actually shared activities with mm-hmm. friends, which are de-stressing rituals. Also, all of the all of the communities have moderate calorie intake, plant-based diets but they only eat to 80% of, say, 
appreciation. So, you know, when we were growing up, well, certainly when I was growing up, you were told to finish everything on your plate. There are lots of starving people in the world, which never quite made sense to me as a child even. But, you know, they eat to 80% of satiation, so they are never full. And, of course, in Okinawa... Um, it, 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 with consistent with Japanese tradition, they're very small amounts on the plate because it takes about twenty minutes for your brain to register what your what your stomach has taken in. Yeah. So I think slow eating and never eating to, you know, the expression "I'm ready to burst." Never, yeah. never doing that. That was something they all shared. Isn't that interesting? Incredible. And and then they they often had engagement in spirituality or religion. Um, strong engagement in family life, sometimes two, three, four generations living within one household and lots of social engagement. Uh, One researcher described a kitchen in one of the blue zones where she said it was like a train station all day long. This man who was 101 was sitting in the corner, standing up, walking around, whatever. But all day long, people were popping in, calling, chatting, etc. She couldn't believe the activity. And of course, all of them take regular uh, physical activity, but it's embedded in the day. It's not a purposeful physical activity. It's part of their daily routine. Yeah. I like the afternoon idea. I mean, if you look at it, if you take the Mediterranean countries uh, where yes. they, they seem to age, people seem to age very well and very healthy, there, it seems to me no coincidence to me anyway that that's a siesta part of the world where they take a rest in the afternoon or they do something with their family just for an hour or two and get away from Absolutely. Work. That's right. That's absolutely right. And very often in Mediterranean countries, you will see a few generations sharing a meal together. Yeah. You know, it's not, that is not uncommon. Um, and even um, in, on, in, in southern uh, Europe, it's much more likely for people of an, a different generations to have friends in other generations. We're, we're not as inclined at all to do that. I think the figures are something like 15, 20% at the best of older people in Ireland have friends who are younger. That's important too. Yeah, so the basics effectively are a bit of exercise every day, take a break in the afternoon, eat well, have a small glass of wine and talk to your friends. Well, I'm not saying have a small glass of wine. Well, I'm just saying that it it is the case that they in do, some of yeah. the communities that is part of their of their, um, I would say part, the most important component of that is actually engagement. And spend as um, much time as you can friends. just drinking The wine it. is incidental. Yeah, it's a kind of a conduit to that engagement. And spend as much time as you can just drinking in the beauty of the sea. Uh, and nature, generally. Nature. We, green is really important. Forest walking has become a thing now in yes, is, Japan. Yeah. And they call it forest bathing. And That's it's, right. it's actually encouraged. And they've done a lot of research on it. Yeah. There's just someone wants to know here, places like Singapore, Thailand, any Asian country like that, Japan, Blue Zone. Well, you've got Okinawa, that general area. How about Singapore, Singapore Thailand, those other parts of the world? Blue Zones. No, the five I've cited are the ones with the highest proportion of centenarians because they have all of the elements we've talked about. So they've got a very traditional lifestyle, but it's coupled with access to good medical care, etc. All right, listen. Which is important. Indeed, indeed. Age Proof, uh, The New Science of Living a Longer and Healthy Life is what the book is called. Uh, the author is Professor Rose Ann Kenny. Thank you, Professor Kenny. Uh, 0818 96, 96, 96. There's something about that, though, that people live 
these people live in beautiful places. They can all see the sea. The food is great. The weather is nice so they can get out in the afternoons and take some exercise. And they all spend time with their friends and they take a break in the afternoon. Taking the break in the afternoon, I think that's a key. I love doing that. 0818 96 96 96. Later on this morning, we're talking to Michael Londra, who is coming to Ireland with a film crew in March to film a third series of his travel show, which airs on PBS in the States. And he's coming to Cork with a crew. And we're looking to make suggestions. He's going to do two episodes in Cork. And we want to share with him places that he might go. And he's open to suggestions of all kinds. So is there somewhere that you would, if you could, bring a film crew? American film crew coming to Cork in March. Where would you bring them that we mightn't know about before? Where would you bring them that you want the whole world to know about? Where? 0818969696. That's coming up between 11 and 12 today. Opinion line on Corks 96 FM with McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Corks 96 FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Corks Entertainment. Created and performed by former Riverdance principal dancer Brendan DeGali, Walls Talk marries songs from the jazz and blues golden era, sung by Gina Borum with dance and text. Walsall comes to the Everyman Theatre for a short run from the 2nd to 3rd of February. Access all areas. There's a couple of great Irish hip-hop acts coming to Cypress Avenue next month as Maverick Sabre comes to town the night before Mango and Matman. Maverick Sabre's show takes place on Friday, February 18th, while Mango and Matman play the venue on the following evening. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us here at aaa at 96fm. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Do you know of a child who's living with a long-term health condition and who might benefit from a bit of creativity and fun and friendships in in a safe place that takes into account uh, their needs and their and their health conditions. Would you like to do that? Well, maybe maybe helium is something you might think about. Uh, Hélène Ugel, I hope I have the pronunciation correct, is the CEO of Helium. Hélène, good morning to you. Good morning. Tell Thanks me about me. Helium. This is a special art workshop for children who have a health condition. Yes, that's right. Well, Helium Arts is the National Children's Arts and Health Organization. And as you say, we support children with long-term health conditions through the arts to support their well-being and also their creativity. And um, so it's when we say long-term health conditions. So these workshops are specifically catering for children with diabetes or epilepsy, with rare diseases, um, uh, and uh, various conditions where children may feel excluded, sometimes lonely, and a bit anxious from their condition. And um, 
And not only do we invite them to a warm and colorful and bright space working with our professional artists to express themselves, but we also really importantly for parents to know is that we have medical support in the room. So parents can feel safe that that not only is their child's social self being well looked after, but so, so is their medical their medical self. And you select venues that are wheelchair accessible and all that? Absolutely. We have, um, yes. So we're operating in both uh, the Toker Centre in Cork and also La Family Resource Centre in North Cork. And both centres absolutely are completely accessible. And our workshops have a, a very child-led and in a very inclusive environment. Yeah. I was going to get to that. You've got workshops coming up in Mallow and in the city in March and April, so tell me more. Yes, yes. So uh, we have uh, our workshops take place on Saturdays in this case. Um, we will also be having some summer camps in the future. But these workshops run from about March 5th for um, five weeks in Mallow and six weeks in Cork City. They are on Saturdays and in the mornings we're offering our workshops for children aged 6 to 8 and in the afternoon for children aged 9 to 12. And it's free? The workshops are for, are free, yes, for children who are eligible um, and kind of, uh, uh, yes, are, are in need of our services. Wow. Um, our, workshop in, um, our workshop in Cork City is um, with artist Ashling Ellis. And with, with us today is our artist, Rachel Doolan, yeah. who will be facilitating the workshops. I was just going to bring Rachel in at that yeah. point. Rachel, yeah. what, so you, you'll be working on these uh, workshops with, with, with the kids. Looking forward to it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's it's great fun. Uh, we're going to be working uh, this time around. We're, we're I've d- designed, I suppose, a series, a program, and it's all inspired by animals. Um, we're going to use uh, Andy Warhol's endangered endangered species series of prints of colourful prints. Um, as a jumping off point um, to kind of look at uh, different animals that we like ourselves. That might be endangered species. It might be a pet that we have at home. Um, you know, it, it's it's really very open. So we, we design these programs to keep them open that children can really input and put their own ideas on them. And we just supply the tools really for them to uh, express their creativity. Right. So uh, during the series, uh, it's called Fantastic Beasts is my nine to 12 group and Creative Creatures is my six to eight eight group and uh, we're going to be doing loads of different things and we're going to be doing collage drawing design painting printmaking 3d modeling and role play and uh, yeah all sorts of things and all with medical supervision wheelchair accessibility Mm -hmm. and support for, for, for every child it sounds like a most wonderful wonderful idea and then where can people find out more and where can people book for their kids yeah so they can book directly by emailing hello at helium.ie. If they want to find out some more information, um, you can go to www.helium.ie and to our news section to read a bit more about the workshops. Um, and I'd love to just add, if you don't mind, um, as part of making our workshops inclusive, uh, we were also invite volunteers to work with us, to provide that extra one-on-one support with children. So if anyone would be interested in volunteering with us, either in Cork City or in the Mallow area, please do reach out and contact us at volunteer at helium.ie or go to our website. All right. Fantastic. It's a great idea. Such a simple idea. And the magnificent thing is it's all free of charge. 
for participating youngsters. So hello at helium.ie, H-E-L-I-U-M, and www.helium.ie if you want to find out more and see, do you know a youngster that you would be that would be interested in those classes, those workshops? Thanks, Helen, and thanks, Rachel. 0818 96 96 96. Does anybody know how I can get my dog out of the dog's home as I can't get through to them by phone. Does anybody know that? I was trawling through a bunch of videos this morning by Bernard Casey and I came across this one and there's loads more but this is one of my favourites. What'd you get on last night? I swear to God, half is four in the morning by the time I got out of here. Would you believe it? Half is four in the morning. There was a gang down from Cork City. They were a stag, I think. It's good or crack though, I'd say, was it? They were good or crack for the most of it. In fairness, like they were singing songs and talking shit for most of the night. There was a few boys throwing darts, wasn't there? Yeah, they weren't too bad, you know. But it's like one fella, he thought he was filled up Howard Taylor or something, the way he was carrying on. But sure, I looked over at one stage and he was stuck on double one for about 20 minutes. <laughs> Oh God! He's one of your characters in the Bernard, the, the 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 Cork Polish barman. There's all sorts of characters. Where did you come up with them, you mad git? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning to you. Thanks very much for having me, Jay. I really appreciate it. Um, that is the 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 Polish Irish barman. I know it's a kind of a general take on it, but it's. Uh, I suppose it would have came from my upbringing in in Port McGee and Kerry. We uh, it's a tourist spot, so we we would have had a lot of. Uh, uh, tourists coming and a lot of people working in hospitality. Uh, I suppose we noticed down through the years that or, or anyone who came to work from Eastern Europe that settled well in the community, you know, they settled well, their kids went to school, they played football and everything, they, they actually picked up the accent after a while. Yeah. And I think they really hit me one day when um, when one of the ladies in the bar says, she said, uh, you know you know Michael Kennedy, don't you? I said, Michael Kennedy? Who's Michael Kennedy? Oh, God, you know him, all right. He lives back there, small Boharin, there, Pat, 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 Pat she is. You know him. I was like, oh, my God, you are one of us now. Like, Yeah, this is a Polish <laughs> one. <laughs> but but I like, going, going through your, your, your characters, Bernard, I think the best bit is they're all out there. We've met them all. They are, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the exam dad is, is, an, is, is, is another Cork creation. Um, definitely, I, I think from I think from my time in, in UCC, and you know friends you'd make from from the city and things like that, and and you might go to their twenty first and things, and you meet the father, like all oh, right, no wonder they're they're such high achievers here when the dad is the same, like, mm. like oh yeah, and you're, are you happy? Are you happy doing arts? You are, yeah, you know you won't get a proper qualification from that, but sure, you know as long as you're happy anyway, that's the main thing. I suppose it's nice. It's nice to come from Kerry and be on the uh, on uh, in college, you know. And and they are they are out there, all of them. Every, particularly, for example, the mammy who discovers that the fella next door has plugged into her power for the Christmas. Oh that's, yes, that's, 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 <laughs> that's uh, I was uh, a part played by the great Francis Kennedy from Listowel, originally from North Cork, from Fremont. Now married and living in Listowel, she's uh, a great, great actor, yeah. and I was delighted to work with her in that. Good, good Cork stock, of course. Uh, oh yeah, you're, you're, you're pulling. It's great that you're pulling out all the Cork videos, the Cork-related yeah, videos. Everything to Cork, you're pulling them all out. Of course, of course out, I am. Of course, parochial, parochial power at its you're, best. You're, coming, you're bringing all these characters to the Opera House. Yes, yes, on the 18th of February. So this is a show that's two years. We're waiting two years for it. So finally, we've got the date. It's set, uh, and, and thank. 
thanks for, to all the people who held on to their tickets. So well, well over 300 people who held on to their tickets from the first show. And, uh, you know, tickets have been going quite well in the last few weeks. So, was, we're, was, you know, was, it's, lockdown, it's, was lockdown a time for to create more and write more? Was that making an advantage of it, really, that you were able to get more out there? Like, you've thousands, tens absolutely, of Absolutely, yeah. Uh, definitely for more characters, you know, you'd have more you'd have more characters, more ideas, you had more time to think and um, definitely honing your skills with editing and things like that because I wouldn't have even known how to do that before lockdown. Yeah. I literally had to do it because yeah. my, uh, my friend who did it for me lived in Limerick so I had no choice but to learn it. Yeah, like the cousin, the cousin in Abu Dhabi where they've no restrictions. He'll That's out, he'll out in Abu Dhabi and you owe the last file and you own your tax. Plenty of fine weather, uh, and he comes home then for the summer. For I'd say he'd be home for six weeks. I'd say. Yeah. He would. You'd see him there. He'd be up there in New Market and Bohrboy and places. Yeah, as I say, he's a, a wanted man in Kishkan village. Wanted man in Bohrboy. Wanted man in New Market. Wanted man in Naknagri. Yeah, and yeah. What's with the teeth, though? <laughs> The teeth is just uh, part of the character, really. It adds. I think it was something different. It helped me change the voice as well. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I was able to, um, and it just stands out as well. The, the the pink gum and the really white teeth. So I thought, uh, it, it, I said, let's see how this how how this is taken, and pe- people have really taken to it. You know, we've mugs and t-shirts and everything with them. So it's great, great. Is, isn't it great though that something that you kind of started a few years ago for the laugh is now. Co- you're bringing it in. I'm like as a, as a creator of content, as a as a comic, as an actor. Like, there's a great sense of satisfaction in that, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. You know, like you can like I went to I was I was trained very well in my time in Cork. I went to uh, my I did I started doing um, theatre performance in Stephen Nafer with Marion Wyatt, and yeah. I started my stand up comedy in in the Coco Club with Con Sullivan and the City Limits with Brian Collins. So I had you know I, I honed a lot of my my craft in Cork and, and then to be able to just literally you'll be trying everything trying to come up with the most creative thing but the silliest thing just putting teeth in your mouth and talking like your uncles <laughs> as, uh, has, has made the career and that's it Bernard and we'll say this having looked at a lot of your videos last night and this morning they're all out there that's the secret we know them all it's a bit, yeah. like, a bit like the Unbelievables remember the Unbelievables Ango? we knew them all oh, you knew them all you know you're just trying to I suppose you're just picking up mannerisms and 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 sayings and cliches from 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 things you've heard down through the years and just put them into one person, you know. So are there are there still like tickets left? There are there are still tickets left for the February 18th. So we're really looking forward to it. Um, it's uh, the, the, there's limited enough now at the moment, but it's it, they're they're going quite well. So we're really looking forward to it because it's a, it's a show that's it's very dynamic. It's it's a mix of stand-up comedy, storytelling. There'll be kind of there's video interaction as well between the characters, so you're getting uh, there's a lot of surprises in there as well. So it's a a, a, a real all round kind of uh, interactive show. So all right. All right. Hope, well, hope people enjoy it. All right, we'll look forward to it. Bernard Casey, um, I, I don't know. He's a carry man, but I think he learned his trade in Cork. I think that's what he's after telling us, lads. He learned his trade in Cork. Bernard Casey coming to the Opera House in February. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. See MIG.ie. 
The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast, or on 96FM.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. Yourself would be checking out Sing 2 with Crossy a little bit later. Someone was on to us there. I read it out before the news. Does anyone know how I get my dog out of the dog's home as I can't get through by phone? This message came in on WhatsApp. If the dog is licensed and microchipped, there won't be a problem. But if they're not, you're going to have to buy a license and get a vet or the dog's home to microchip the dog and register it. And then there may be a fine. And you'll have to do all that before you get the dog back. So if the dog is licensed and microchipped, there's no worries. They'll read the chip and they'll find you. But if not, it could cost you a few quid to get the dog back. Dogs are supposed to be licensed and microchipped. So, very much depends on on that. I guess as people head for the weekend, I'll read this out kind of as a a salutary warning uh, to, to anyone heading out to the weekend with a few pints and maybe into the nightclubs and all of that. Uh, this is someone who was too nervous to come on air and didn't want their name given out or anything, but we've checked it and it's genuine. Uh, and this story is exactly as I read it out. I would like to raise a point to listeners to be very careful while out in town. My daughter went out last night, now this is a few days ago, and was spiked along with her friend. They went out around half seven, and from what I can make out, she was found passed out in the loo before 11 o'clock two girls rang her friend off her phone and she went and collected her I'd like to thank those girls for their care to my daughter especially the two total strangers her friend brought her to hospital and then rang her dad she was checked over by staff wasn't able to give a sample she was then sent home with her dad and I checked in on her overnight she can't remember much of the night she was very drowsy into the next day I've done everything I can do but I wish people would be aware. It may be because a lot of colleges are back properly, because the social distancing has gone now, and limiting people on premises has gone too. But if this email encourages somebody to watch their drinks, then maybe it's a very good thing. So, and that email there is right. Emailed opinion ninety six We've spoken to the person, but they don't wish to go on air. Um, but it's a true story, absolutely true story. I think it probably happens every weekend and we don't hear about most of it. 0818 96 96 96. A few other bits and pieces to clear before I go on to that uh, travel show in the States, Ireland with Michael. I was listening yesterday but I couldn't call. All I'm hearing about is reports and investigations into the CAMS scandal. You remember we had Morris on the show here yesterday telling us about his son's experience with CAMS and with that doctor and it's all in the new report now. I, I see where Morris was also on primetime uh, last night. He's given quite a number of interviews. He tells the story so, so well. Uh, we had put up a podcast extra, if you want to check it out from yesterday, to hear Michael's experience of the CAMS 
scandal. No punishments. Nobody calling to account administrators and politicians that let this happen, designed a system that resulted in this, or ignored a system, and this is the result. Ruined kids, taxpayers forking out hundreds of millions, and everyone in the system is just all right. Jack, well, just referring that one to a, a front page story on the examiner today who says that a senior Garda will examine the Kerry Cams review. Now, where it goes from there, we don't know, but it's a, it's a, a good point that you make. What use are all these reports if no one's ever held to account? There was another one there on the health service as well. Uh, just Yeah, it was on RT last night. 4,500 health workers are out of work still. How does that compare to, say, 2018 or 2019? Because of all the restrictions, the relevant ones seem to have gone. So why are they off work? Are they being paid? It's not their fault there's a pandemic. On the other hand, are they on some kind of PUP and they don't want to go to work? We need more information on this and they need to bring them back to work. Employ them. If they're on the dole, get them off POP if that's the problem. Not too sure what you mean by that, but yeah, I did see that statistic. Four and a half thousand health workers currently out. Lots more to get to. People have been suggesting places for Ireland with Michael. Here's a, a clip from an episode dealing with Claire and Limerick. And this is the kind of thing he does. The episodes are about a half an hour long. And here's his take and here's the kind of places that he visited and filmed in Clare and in Limerick. This just this just a clip. So I watched an episode or two last night and this morning. They're all about a half an hour long. They go out on, on PBS. They're not easy to get here. You've got to go to his, his website, irelandwithmichael.com. It's aired across PBS stations in the US. And he's heading for Series 3. And he wants to focus on Cork. So I caught up with him about the whole story of Ireland with Michael. So, Michael, tell me, first of all, about the show, because we don't get to see a lot of PBS in this part of the world. So what is Ireland with Michael? Uh, well, about two years ago, I was at home in Wexford Town. I'm from Wexford Town, as you can tell from the accent. Uh, and we were filming. Uh, I'm a singer based in the US for the past 25 years. We were filming a concert of mine at the National Opera House. And we decided to go out into the streets of Wexford and film a little bit of additional footage. Uh, this was for a concert special on PBS. And when we went out, I said, sure, let's go down to Curraclough. Let's go down to Johnstown Castle. Uh, because uh, Wexford, I had felt, had lost out to the American market. And, you know, and I wanted to highlight it. And uh, so, lo and behold, when we went out, I, I said, what's your... There's a great trad band called Tolua. They're all like 16 years of age, brilliant musicians, and nobody had heard them in America. And I said, let's throw that in. And by the time we were finished, uh, over two weeks, we had built enough for about three episodes of a show that looked like... It looked like a travel show for all the world, but at the heart of the travel show was artists. It was local and national artists hosting me in their part of Ireland. We went up, uh, you know, I'm friends with Nathan Carter. So I said, Nathan, give me a shot uh, up where you're from and show me around your area. Then I got Brian Kennedy. Then I got Chloe Agnew from Celtic Woman. Then I, every traditional musician in North, in in the whole of Ireland, I know. So I'm able to phone them and say, host me in your area. Mm. We sent out six episodes to PBS, which is like a, a national cultural station. It's every in every state in America, they, they have their own PBS right. station or multiple stations. And 
we sent it off. In truth, I didn't know how it would go. And we got amazing coverage. 75% of stations nationally picked it up. Uh, the show aired 4,000 times last year. Wow. And uh, they said, well, where's season two? So during the depths of COVID, we managed to kind of figure it out and work around with our pro- COVID protocol. And we filmed another eight episodes. So season two is right. It's out right now. And uh, we've doubled the amount of uh, circulation and uh, we're thrilled. So I'm coming home in about uh, a month to start season three. Right. And you want to focus on Cork. Now, we all know about Blarney Castle. We all know about Kinsale. We all know about what don't we know about that the Americans would love. Yes, I want to tell people about Blarney Castle. And yes, I want to mention Kinsale and we probably go there. But I also want to know about artists around Cork who are brilliant. I also want to know about stories that are at their heart, they're, they're tourism stories. Americans don't only want to go to Blarney. They want to find out about unusual places around your county or unusual artists. And I'm not only talking about singers or trad players or Irish dancers. I'm talking about sculptors and poets and uh, painters and uh, Everywhere in every town in Cork, there's a story that will appeal to a North American audience. It's 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 also uh, the whole of Canada have access to PBS. So uh, I'd love to hear uh, from those people. I'd also love to to chat to uh, the tourism people in Cork because they know where it's at. And uh, certainly, we hope to to chat to them over the next few weeks. To to because we're coming to Cork the first week of March. Right. And do you come with a blank slate? Uh, we don't quite come with a blank blanks. You can't do that because you have to build an arc. You know, you have to build a story over a half hour. It can't. It can't be just random. Right. Definitely, there's a message, and it works to to the county or the, the region's advantage if we can say, "Look, this is what Cork is about," and tell a story about what Cork is about. Not not a tourism story, but a real story. This is where the county is. This is what it has to offer. And these are the things that we think you'll find interesting. So we need to plan it out. Uh, or else it'll be me walking down walking down Cork City streets going, do you want to be on the telly? And that's just not going to work. <laughs> I guess with the, hopefully, we're at the back end of this pandemic. This is an opportunity to showcase our city and county. You know, I think the next year or two is going to be a bit unusual. Uh, I don't know if you saw there, but every Irish person in Ireland is, is, you know, planning on heading to Spain or somewhere this year. They're, they want, they, you know, they spent their vacations in Ireland. Uh, so I think right now it's up to every one of us to, to uh, bring in as many tourists in the next year or two. The next three years are crucial in that build back to what was uh, the amazing numbers that uh, were reported up to 2019. Half of North America was coming and tourism was exploding at the time. And I think it's a responsibility of every Irish person to say, look, this is what we have to offer. Uh, God knows we're we're a world-class destination Mm. and we have to remind people because it's uh, it's a big competition out there to get to get North Americans uh, to come. Tourism Ireland do a brilliant job here in North America. Like they're 
They're way better than most other countries. But I always feel like it's it's not just up to tourism Ireland. It's up to like I I'm an Irish singer here in in America, and I've always felt that was my job to bring people home. You know, as as an ambassador, and I I I noticed that Ireland Irish people themselves don't take that job seriously. It's your job to go out and sell your country and represent your country and and figure out ways to bring people to your local area um, instead of leaving it to, to, you know, tourism bodies, you know, be your, be an ambassador for your County. Yeah. Well, I'd be right in, in thinking Michael that, and like yourself now, how do you 30 something years out of the country? We, we don't actually know what we have until you go away for a while. Well, I think that's the case with everyone, you know, like you talk to a New Yorker, they, they take their city for, for granted, you know, they probably haven't seen gone out to the Statue of Liberty, you know, uh, luckily uh, the pan- pandemic did teach us to appreciate what we have in Ireland and holy God, you couldn't get into a hotel this time last year and we were touring around trying to shoot the country. It seemed that the whole of Ireland were on holidays at Irish hotels, which is fantastic and fair juice to people for supporting them. But you don't can't blame them for wanting to go off and, and get a bit of sunshine or, or, or whatever. You yeah. just have to remember, though, that the, uh, the tourist sites on your doorstep need all the help they can get. Yeah. So if anybody wants to contact you, to yeah. maybe feature some part of Cork, some well-known part or some not-so-well-known part of Cork on your show in March. How do they go about it? If you can send, send me an email to info at irelandwithmichael.com. Info at irelandwithmichael.com. I promise we'll come back to you, whether we can schedule you for this March or for, uh, because we're going to be around for for a long time. Uh, It looks like we'll be doing seven or eight more seasons. So uh, uh, we'll catch you. If we don't catch you next month, we'll catch you again. But please send on an email. It'll be taken very seriously. And we, I promise we will reply to you. When you think about it too, that little video you were making in Wexford that you decided yeah. to expand on it a bit, it has taken off big time. It's honest to God, I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't know how to make a television show. Uh, I knew how to sing in tune, and that's about all I could do. Uh, luckily, I got a, a group of people together. Uh, our producer is the producer for the Today Show and Dateline on NBC, and uh, he knows what he's doing. And we've an amazing American crew and Irish crew and uh, they all believe as strongly uh, about uh, uh, their feelings for for Ireland. I'm. Uh, it's all. It's very easy to kind of laugh at that kind of sincerity and just laugh at it all. Uh, I take it very seriously. Mm. I love doing this, and um, and luckily, uh, everyone's watching it, so yeah. I'm delighted. Well, when you get here, I'd like to catch up with you again. I love that. Uh, you have a great county. I can't wait to get down there and uh, a couple of pints will be had. Michael, thank you very much for being with us. Thanks so much. And then after my own heart, Michael Londres, Wexford man, a musician, a singer. But this television show is called Ireland with Michael. And you can get it. There is a website and all the episodes are there. And it's a fairly easy, navigable website. Irelandwithmichael.com And if you have ideas... You just heard info at arlywithmichael.com. Uh, WhatsApp message says, Totes Pub in Ballygurteen and in, Ro- in Rossmore, one of the beautiful, rarest, friendliest places for young and old. It's like Cheers where everybody knows your name. There's music and crack and drama. 
and Carmel and Vincent cater for everyone and look after them in every way. Maureen, Fitzgerald's Bar in Vickerstown, five miles outside Blarney, 20 minutes from the city, there's a place called Motea, I know it well, with the famous moving graveyard. And Fitzgerald's Bar, where I work, is joined to the moving graveyard and we've made our signature dish the moving graveyard burger. Like one. Cape Clear Island, God's own country, says Ian. Look up the Dolan, Donald Ring Cayley band from Grenada. They often play in Blarney. Get your emails off to Michael. And we'll talk to him again in March, hopefully, when he's here. In Ireland with Michael.com. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Okay, Crossy, how are you doing, boy? You've seen Sing to... Brilliant. Do you know what? It is one of the greatest il- animations, cartoon movies I think I've ever seen. It really? is fantastic. Do you know when people when people see the first movie, you know you kind of think, oh, when the second movie comes out, you know they're just doing it because of the money. This movie is probably better than the first movie. It That's was a dose of a movie. The first one it was a little dose of a movie. And it took everyone's surprise. I remember I was chatting to the director about it and he was telling me that, you know, we did it and we just thought, you know, we do one movie and that's it. But when you have the likes of Matthew McConaughey in it, Reese Witherspoon, Scarlett Johansson, Taron Egerton, there's so many people and then they've added to it by putting Bono into the into the movie. Like, how do you top that for Sing 3? I don't do you think you can. get Bono into a movie like that? <laughs> <laughs> and it's his first time doing it as well. Like it's it's such a beautiful movie for anyone who doesn't know what it's about. Um, the first thing movie was about uh, a guy called Buster Moon. He's a koala bear. Matthew McConaughey is the voice of it, and he's getting a whole gang of misfits all together. And the second movie, it, they, what they did was now is that they've now you know they're trying to go for the the next big thing. They want to have their own big musical stage school in Las Vegas. They're going to, you know, tell everyone that, you know, we've got not but Bono's character who is Clay Calloway in it. That's the name. He's a line, a massive line, which is weird for everyone who knows what Bono looks like to have him play like a massive line, big, fierce guy. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, got so, a touch of, it's got a touch of the greatest showman about it, really, in that this fella building a, building a show out of misfits. Now, you, you went to see the premiere and you've got some clips for us, I think. Yeah, so we caught up with loads of the talent uh, the other day. First of all, we spoke to uh, Scarlett Johansson. So she plays Ash. And Scarlett Johansson's voice, by the way, singing voice, is incredible. So the first thing I was like, when you read the script, were you like absolutely delighted when you fill the story? And she revealed that she never even got to see the full script. So she's working on guest work and it seems to work out for... my One of my favourite car- characters across here in the first one was Mina, the little elephant. Oh, wow. Well, they have absolutely developed Mina so much. Tori Kelly plays Mina and uh, she's going to tell us now about the movie franchise and what's it like playing Mina with her brand new journey for 2022. Yeah. Now, there's a duet, isn't there, between Bono's character and Scarlett's character. How did that come about? 
Oh, this, do you know what? I, I can't tell you the reason why Bono's character, Clay, won't sing or perform, but there's a reason why. And once you find out, there won't be a dry eye in the house. They both sing Stuck in a Moment, and I actually have my hair standing up my arm at the minute, even thinking about it. It is beautiful. The two of them singing together, just, it really is fantastic. And here's what Scarlett had to say about singing with Bono. So what it is, is that they actually recorded the song at different times in different places and the filmmakers turned it into a duet is what you're saying, Crossy. Yeah, and it's just so magical. Like the moment that it happens in when you're when you're watching it this weekend, we're talking about this man, you'll remember this moment. It is beautiful. Two of their voices together, it builds up the whole story. It's just you know, when you're looking at such an all star cast, you're it's just so weird to see so many actors of yeah. that massive caliber, like Oscar winners all together, even the likes of uh, Matthew McConaughey. So he's you know, Buster Moon's the main guy in it. Yeah. I asked him about, you know, getting the script, like, did he want to come back for for a, a second movie? And here's what he said. Because you're right, isn't he? The bigger the star, the worse it goes for them if the number two was a flop. Absolutely. And I think everyone's going to be so surprised with number two. That's how good. Now, before the interview started, somebody who, who I don't know who, I think it was Entertainment America, Entertainment Night in America, asked him to say, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> and apparently he does not he does not like that. So I was warned before I went on, do not try any stunt about that. But um, I asked him about people asking him about the Buster Moon voice. You know, when kids love this movie, if you see Matthew, are you going to ask him? And here's what he had to say. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's, it's funny, oh, isn't so it? He, he wants to keep his own identity. Like, I am more than just Buster Moon, but hey, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, come back. I asked about Bono because he's really good friends of Bono. Right. I didn't know this. He's yeah. really, really good friends of Bono. And I, I had to say, I was like, you know, you get Bono because I think Matthew has a lot more in this than just being the voice actor. Just his passion towards this movie yeah. is incredible. I think, you know, he's at that stage of his life now where he can pick and choose what he wants to do and he's got the Oscar. And I asked him about Bono, like, what was it like having Bono in the movie? Yeah, and Bono playing when we know what Bono looks like. Like, there's not. I remember, I remember going up to UCC one time when Bono was getting an honorary doctorate, and this one in the very front row, and he's walking down. Right, he's walking down into the center. He needs a wee smile. He needs a wee smile. And he is like he's tiny, and he's playing this huge, this huge character. And do you know what the mad thing is? I'm about five minutes into it, I turned around to the guy beside me and I was like, is that Bono? He has such a good, he can put on such a good accent. Really? You will actually have to stop and go, really? Is that Bono? Yeah. Like, he has a real grovelly voice in it. Because he's playing a line, he has to change his voice a bit. It's just, it, it's mad. Like, some of the characters that are in it, for, for a kid's movie, I would happily go watch it myself again. That's how good it is. It, it, it really is fantastic. All the videos are up on Cork. Uh, all the videos are up on Cork ninety six Instagram page. You can go up and have a look at Matthew and Scarlett and Tori and then Miss Crawley. Everyone loves Miss Crawley, the lizard with one eye, and she's as brilliant in it as she has been in the first one as well. It's just such a good movie. I'd probably give it four out of five. Really? All right, Crossy. Listen, thanks for that, and that's something to catch up with this weekend if you're looking for something to watch with the family, or maybe on your own if you just fancy a really good movie. Sing Two is out, and it's a triumph, according to the man who knows. Can we just talk?
The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96, 96, 96. On Cork's 96FM. Now don't forget the Premier League Live uh, takes a break this weekend and next for FA Cup fixtures and, of course, the league's winter break. But the show is back with Trevor Welsh, powered by TalkSport, on Saturday, February 12th at 96am.ie with live commentary from the biggest games of that weekend. The Premier League live online with now stream live action from BT Sport and Premier Sport with a now Sports Extra membership. And listen Saturday on the Cork's 96FM app or go to 96FM.ie back after a two-week break on the 12th of February. On Ireland with Michael. Great interview with Michael. I'd love to watch that show. He should go to the Michael Collins pub. Lovely open fire there. Info at IrelandWithMichael.com and he'll contact you back. You can go to his website. It's just IrelandWithMichael.com and you'll be able to get links to the show there. It's quite watchable. Uh, it's 26, 27 minutes per show, and maybe an ad or two in it. It's good. It's very good, and very well filmed, and very nicely edited. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Speaking of Michael Collins, this has got to be the craziest idea I've seen in a long time. There's a festival in Newcastown. Now, it doesn't happen until the summer, but they're starting to think about it now because... Niall O'Mahony, you want to get as many Michael Collinses as you possibly can in the one place at the one time. Tell me more. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Um, we're we're a bit early, but we want to get ahead of the get ahead of the posse and get our festival up and running. Um, so the idea is that we have our festival every two years, and, and you know everything has been closed down for the last two years. So it it, it coincides with the timing of the commemoration down to Michael Collins is a monument to Ben Bly every year yeah. and this year being the 100th anniversary of his um, of his death we said we better we better acknowledge it and better do something about it so we said why not try to get as many Michael Collinses with the name Michael Collins into the village that evening and uh, try to break a record or try, try to start the record maybe or just have a bit of fun with it It has to be the easiest and yet the craziest idea because if you open I don't know if they still do a phone book but but if you were to look up a phone yes. book with the number yeah. of Michael Collins is in it there's pages and pages of them yeah yeah it's just funny now last night in the pub that someone mentioned the, the phone book and one of the younger crowds said what's a phone book I mean the old way was to go through the phone book and get all the names but then um, you being on, the, on 96FM and trying to get it out on the public domain they are all over the country hopefully we'll draw a big crowd and get look. It's a bit of fun, as you say. It's 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 different, uh, but maybe for the, for that time of the year, people might be after their summer holidays. They might be abroad, but they might call down to Benablaw for the hundred year commemoration, and then come up to Newstone Village after that, and we'll have a, a go at it, getting a record of the most Michael Collinses. We have live music and everything. The rest of the festival stuff is on as well that week. But it's just a quirky idea, maybe that we might. Might be might might get ourselves on the map. I think it's crazy. I think it's daft. It's brilliant. I mean, like you could you could end up with thousands of people there. You could end up with thousands, or maybe the four or five. We've four in the parish already ourselves, so at least we'll have four in there. You know. Right, you're four or five in the local parish, and I know myself. I That's definitely right. know about three people or four people called Michael Collins. So, do they have to? 
contact anybody? Do they have to fill out a form or um, Well, on the day, they'll have to fill out the form. We haven't um, got confirmation from Guinness yet, but we're hoping to create a record of our own. So on the day, they will turn up, they will um, sign in the form, they'll get a free T-shirt with the logo, Who'll Take My Place? That's what we're going with, actually, from the film. Yes. And he stood up on the podium and said, Who'll Take My Place? Take my so we're looking for fellas to take his place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, so I, I, sign up, they get a free T-shirt, they get a free point, maybe, from oh man, he's bad news down. They'll be careful um, now, because if, if, if 2,000 people turn up, oh man, <laughs> oh man, he's won't be happy with you there. Yeah, well... It's my pub, so I'd be the one that have to suffer that. <laughs> Listen, it's a fabulous idea. Sunday, 21st of August, uh, in Newcestown yes. Village. Uh, are yes. you, is your name Michael Collins? They want you for this. I think it's great fun. And yes. we were not, we're months away from the summer yet. We're months away from yes. the summer, but I think it's the best idea I've heard so far. Do you know what it might be fun to do, actually, is tie in with with uh, Michael Andrus in Ireland with Michael. There's a television I show. I just listened to him, yeah. Yes. There's a television, yeah. yeah, yeah. Might, might be a nice idea to to get on the show. We'll get in contact with him. We will. We'll definitely get in contact with him, yeah. Three plane loads of Michael Collins is arriving over. <laughs> Coming in from, from New York and Boston, yeah. Niall don't listen, worry we have enough room for him alright yeah. we, good man, we cater good for him alright good man listen I think it's a fantastic idea and it's not happening for months but if your name is Michael Collins and you don't have to be anywhere on the 21st of August could you possibly be in Newcestown to commemorate the famous Michael Collins himself by getting as many people called Michael Collins in the one place at the one time I love that idea that's a real Friday idea 0818 96, 96, 96. And I think he's going to contact uh, Ireland with Michael. Imagine, can you imagine now if, if we had a tie-in between Ireland with Michael, the opinion line, Newcestown, Michael Collins, and we ended up with playing loads of them? I could do the show from down. No, stop. Deirdre wants to know, would it be possible to ask people to keep a lookout for my son's motorbike? It was stolen a few nights ago from the Scahard Road. He'd saved so hard for his bike and his insurance. It was his first purchase, and he's still paying back the loan. He's devastated. The reg is 211D-198-2823. It's a motorbike. I don't have a description of the bike, but that's the number plate. 211D-198-23. If you've spotted that, and you can help get it back to its owner, They'd be very grateful. Could you please thank the kindest man who helped me today? His name is David. He drives a lorry for Dalton's. I was dropping my sister to the airport this morning with my baby in the car because she had an appointment in COH. We got a flat tire just before the airport. David changed the tire for me, no problem. And then thanks to the man in the van that kindly dropped my sister for her flight on time. They were so kind, and I'm eternally grateful to them. I hope that kindness they showed is repaid. That's in from Katie. 0818 96 96 96. Shane O'Connell, you're now having to explain to the kids you teach all about your your adventures in makeup. Good morning. Hi, Peter. How are you? Good, good. You're a teacher, and, and you, oh, you, you never let the makeup come into the school before, did you? It was all just a hobby with you. It, 
was all kind of hobby, to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of the running joke now the last few weeks at school that it's my uh, my secret life I've been hiding. <laughs> but um, it's kind of uh, word is traveling around the school now, so the kids are getting very curious as to what's going on. Yeah. So um, yeah, they're, they're I'm informing them now about kind of more about what I do, I suppose, and yeah. they seem to be fairly interested. <laughs> Don Mahan, you're teaching, yeah. I'm in Mahan in Holy Cross, yeah. yeah. Great school, great school and great kids. Yeah, yeah. So they're great fun to work great with. Kids, so, yeah. so tell me, you first of all, the makeup's been a hobby for, for, for you since you were in college. But what? how did you start? Um, it, basically, I suppose I always kind of had an interest in art, really. Um, from when I was younger, drawing and all that. Then I suppose doing the primary teaching degree in Mary I, there was uh, an area where you had to specialise in. So I chose art and I feel kind of like that kind of opened my eyes to the kind of, I suppose, the freedom around art and kind of um, your own interpretation of things and kind of doing what you want and there's no right or wrong way to do things. So I kind of loved that. And then after that then, it was kind of like, I always had like an interest in kind of Halloween and dressing up and that as well. So I feel like it kind of, the two worlds kind of met then (laughs) and started one Halloween um, just literally on my own in Cork and going out one night for Halloween uh, with a few friends and they kind of just said then, oh, like, that's that's really cool. You should kind of, you should do that more. You should do that on other people. And yeah. it kind of just escalated then, really, to be honest. And how did the TG Cahar thing happen? Misha, Mayfain and Maig. You're, you're on that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So basically it was um, spur of the moment, really, for me. Um, I obviously have an Instagram where I post what I do. Mm. Um, and I actually got a message just randomly last summer from the production company um, asking me would I be interested in taking part in that kind of a documentary style show where they're looking for, like in their words, up and coming makeup artists in Ireland, um, preferably ones that have, are comfortable speaking Irish. Yeah. So um, obviously I told them I was a primary school teacher, so they were probably the other way. I think teachers kind of are expected to have a certain level of Irish anyway, so and um, it kind of yeah kind of happened from then they kind of got in i got i replied saying i was interested and there was a bit of to and froing in the messaging and yeah so then they came to film and the rest is history then so when do we get to see it what, what's the format of it so it's um it's as i said like a documentary style show about ourselves and what we like our makeup are so um it's airing on block tg Cahar, which is basically they're kind of like underneath tg Cahar. Um, TJ Carr and them are kind of linked. It's basically like the TJ Carr player, really. Okay, um, right. Yeah, online. Um, and they'll be uploading the first one on the 2nd of February. So that's a Wednesday. And then from the, ev- from then every Wednesday on across February, we'll all have our own kind of upload. So like, like for example, mine's on the 17th. There's another one of the people is on the 2nd, the 9th or whatever. So every Wednesday, um, they'll be uploaded on the block TJ Carr um, and on their YouTube as well. Fantastic, and you're t- to yeah. look at your stuff. And I, wa- I looked. You've got some videos as well. I, I looked at them this morning. Your your stuff is brilliant, like this. this <laughs> Thanks, brilliant. It's, it's like a, it's like something out of a Hollywood special effects lab. <laughs> That's what I'm trying for anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's Shane FX. Uh, yeah, S H A N E F F E X. And is that on Instagram or TikTok or where? Uh, it's on both, yeah. So I do like mostly pictures on Instagram with the odd video, and then TikTok is obviously just uh, just videos. So yeah, fantastic. All right, Shane. Yeah. Good luck yeah. with it. We look forward to watching it, and um, the kids now will have something else to talk about to the teacher. <laughs>
they're probably wondering where I'm gone now. I think I'll have to head back to the there now. <laughs> you go do that. Take care. Uh, we look forward to the programme. Has Shane O'Connell, Shane FX, and he's going to be on Misha Mayfane and Maig on the TG Cahar player or TG Cahar block. More of their fault. This is a great idea. Uh, Linda, I'll come back to you. Good morning, PJ. Could you please put the call out for Michael Collins on the 96FM Facebook page? Yeah, we can do that. I think Linda, or Linda, is it Linda, Linda? Linda, this is a brilliant idea, and I love it. And I don't know how we go about it. I did interview the man when the movie came out, and we had a photograph, actually, in the newsroom for years, a signed photograph of him. Surely you've got to get an invite out to Liam Neeson to come to that Michael Collins event in Newcestown in the summer. Wouldn't that be just the bomb? Wouldn't it? Could that ever be made to happen? So they got a gathering of every Michael Collins they can get in Newcestown on the 21st of August. Would it be possible to get Liam Neeson to come? Linda, that is the maddest, craziest and best idea I've heard all day. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie You're listening to highlights from The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast or on 96FM.ie